Hello and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the All About Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. So on today's episode, I'm joined by two of our physics team, Andy and Ian, to talk about their role in radiotherapy and the impact they have on people coming to the department. Hello. Andy Robinson is head of radiotherapy physics here at Adam Brooks Hospital in Cambridge, having previously been chief physicist at the Harley Street Clinic in London. He is HCPC registered as a clinical scientist, medical physics expert and higher specialist scientist. We also have Ian Dulgern, who is our Chief Radiotherapy Technician for Medical Physics and Radiotherapy Department here at Adam Brooks Hospital. So to start off with, Andy, could you briefly just tell us about your role and a role of a physicist in radiotherapy? Sure. So my role as the head of radiotherapy physics is largely to support the various functional teams that are within my department. So that varies from perhaps assisting in the management of projects to introduce new equipment or new techniques into clinical practice, contributing to business cases to purchase new equipment. I'm also accountable for the day-to-day safety of the treatments that we deliver here and the physics aspects of those. And then also maintaining accreditations and ensuring that we comply with the various bits of legislation regarding the use of ionizing radiation in the hospital. So that bit might sound a bit boring, but I actually quite enjoy that aspect of my role. But in general, within radiotherapy physics, medical physicists have various roles that they can perform. So I'd broadly categorize them into sort of four areas. So the first one is radiotherapy planning and checking. And this is the process of customizing where radiation is targeted in, in a patient using our high energy linear accelerators. Another area is brachytherapy, and that is the use of radioactive sources for the treatment of cancer. Thirdly, quality control and dosimetry, which is ensuring that the equipment that we use to deliver radiotherapy treatments delivers the right amount of radiation in the right place. But also that, that area encompasses the use of imaging in radiotherapy, so we, we image all of our patients to make sure they're in the right place before they, they start their treatments. And also technical services, which is what, what Ian is in charge of. And then sort of lastly, the last sort of area, which I would say medical physics plays a role, is in computing aspects of radiotherapy treatments. So we maintain a variety of IT systems that are used to plan patients' treatments, independently check them, and transport and archive the data around the department that's used as part of patients' treatments and then might be used as part of their follow-up as well. So uh, quite quite a varied role, uh, and I don't think I've touched on everything, but I think that hopefully that gives a, a flavour of some of the things that we're involved in. Brilliant, thank you. And where would they see you around in the department? Are you more behind the scenes or on the treatment floor or a bit of both? Yeah, I think you, you're right there. Traditionally, a lot of our work is done behind the scenes, but that's not to say that we're, we're completely hidden away from patients. So you might see us performing quality control after a machine's been repaired. We might also be in the department to help assist radiographers or clinical oncologists by providing advice on an individual patient's treatment. Um, or you might also find us in theatre, making sure that we're correctly using radioactive sources in theatres for brachytherapy treatment. So we do get a bit of patient contact. Ian, what is your role as a, a technician? Andy's slightly touched upon it, but can you give us a bit more detail? Yeah, so 
our role within the department, my team and I, we look after the safety and the accuracy of a lot of the equipment that's in the department, mostly focusing on the radiotherapy treatment machines, but we cover a lot of the bits and bobs that help the department run as well, computers and, and things like that. The machines are very complex and very heavy, and so we have the part of the machine that the patients would be seeing, so the couch and the gantry that rotates around, that weighs about a ton, and we keep it tuned, if you like, to a point in space and with an accuracy of about one millimeter. So if it's rotating around, all, all the people who do all the amazing planning and all that type of thing to actually make a patient's treatment is all based on the fact that the beam is going to go where they want it to go so that they, it treats the the cancer and it doesn't treat any other bits. It doesn't cause any other damage so far as absolutely possible. And so we look at the machine. We do a lot of servicing activities. We do a lot of quality control activities, various periods, if you like. So we do daily checks, weekly checks, monthly checks, quarterly checks. So there's lots of checking going on all of the time and also making sure that it, it runs properly, that we give the dose that's required at the right time in the right place to make the treatment as effective as uh, as absolutely possible, the best possible outcomes for the patients. Ian, you, you touched upon there that the part of the machine that the patient sees isn't the entire entirety of the machine. There is a whole load behind the scenes, uh, behind a, a little door that the patient doesn't see that you guys really look after as well and, and real experts in that. Yeah, so you're right. We have several different types of machine in the department and at least one of them, a lot of the, the mechanics of it are actually behind a wall. And so that's partly for aesthetics, but also for safety of patients and anybody else, radiographers, anybody else that might be in the room. And as you say, behind the secret door, there's lots of things going on that basically you wouldn't want to stick your finger in or lick. So from that point of view, behind the wall is a good thing. And then other machines have big covers. And again, inside the cover is, is where all the, the magic happens. Where would we usually see you around the, the department? What does sort of your day-to-day -day look like? You probably see me walking around pushing a trolley of some sort. So on a, on a good day, the trolley will just have measuring equipment on. So as part of our quality control checks, we have a set of equipment that we take to the individual machine. So you might see me in the corridor. On a bad day, if you see me pushing my massive rattly old tool trolley, then something's going wrong somewhere. And so I've got a, a big box of tools and goodies to then help me take all the covers off and work on the, on the parts of the machine that are uh, broken. Yeah, you often get a lot of phone calls from radiographers, don't you, Ian, of please come help, this machine is broken. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we do our best to get everything sorted as quickly as possible to, so they can carry on. And what would you say your role sort of means for the patient and how that impacts them? So, Andy, if we start with you. The role of medical physicists in patients' treatment is about ensuring accurate treatments are delivered. So for us, that almost starts with the planning. So we, we work to guidance on 
exactly how much radiation we're delivering to the tumour, how much radiation we're delivering to areas outside the tumour. Also ensuring, as, as Ian's touched on, about how precisely our machines deliver the radiation. And that obviously all ties into how effective treatments are and how you know, reducing side effects and also patient experience as well. So I think that's something which perhaps traditionally we would maybe not think about, but actually trying to ensure that patients have the best experience in terms of how long they're waiting from when they have their diagnosis to how they're treated and trying to speed up elements of the pathway. We're also involved in clinical trials. So there were quite a lot of clinical trials in radiotherapy at the moment. So our team will help ensure that those trials are delivered as they're intended, that we follow all the, the necessary sort of protocols and procedures and deliver at the end of the day, high quality, effective treatments for our, for our patients. So Ian, what would you say your role means for the patient and how it impacts them? I think that the, the role of the technician is basically to maintain the safety and the accuracy of the systems and that they're working properly so that all of the brilliant work that everybody else does, the radiographers and physicists and the doctors, obviously, they all are able to produce the outcome that that we want, which is the, the machine works when they press the button, that it delivers the correct dose to the right place at the right time. And that's a, a, a day-to-day ongoing thing, but I think it's a, it's a very important role and it's, uh, it gives you, you know, great job satisfaction knowing that everything in the department is working and you're sat having a cup of tea enjoying yourself. Thank you. And uh, something that I've been asking everyone on the podcast is actually how you found out about your profession and what brought you to radiotherapy. So I was studying physics at university and I'd always been interested in nuclear and radiation physics. It was one of those things that when I was younger, it was like, oh, what's that? You know, this thing that you can't see, touch, smell. So I'd always sort of had an interest in that. And then in my final year, I took some option modules in radiotherapy and medical imaging, which were essentially the use of nuclear and radiation physics in medicine. So it was a really nice way to sort of tie up a, a science interest with a human interest, if you like. So whilst I was undertaking those modules one of the lecturers had said to me and he was a clinical scientist in a nearby hospital he said oh there's this training scheme that you should you should have a look at and there was this uh, it was called the NHS clinical scientist training scheme at the time so I had a look at that and thought oh that looks interesting so I applied and I was successful and I haven't really looked back since. Um, Well I've always been interested in technology and tinkering with things I started off a long time ago as an apprentice in the Royal Air Force, learning how to do um, avionics, which is radar, radio, and flight guidance, that kind of thing. And then after 23 years, I then thought I left the Air Force and and looked for something. And actually, a lot of what I do here is quite similar. So it's looking at complex systems and keeping them going. And so, and a lot of the, the actual equipment is similar, you know, the the bits that make the beam work are very similar to radar and radio and the computers and all that sort of thing. So really, it was it was a happy, logical jump from uh, from the Air Force into the NHS to do fairly similar job. Brilliant. Thank you. One of the really interesting things about asking that question is that everyone's route into radiotherapy is completely different. So it's really nice for you to share that with us. Thank you both. Finally, my final question is... Where do you see radiotherapy taking us in the next five to 10 years? I mean, firstly, it still amazes me how 
radiotherapy has changed over the last 15 years compared to when I first came into the profession. So over the next five to 10 years, I see the increasing use of data-driven systems and software to augment the care that's given by healthcare professionals to our radiotherapy patients. Also see the increasing use of adaptive radiotherapy, and that's where a patient's plan is further customized during their treatment to ensure they're still receiving the best quality treatment. And also another thing which is starting to come into the NHS now is the use of surface guarded radiotherapy. And this is where we use optical cameras to track the surface of patients prior to enjoying their radiotherapy treatment, again, to, to ensure safe, safe treatments and to increase the precision of the treatments that we deliver. Yeah, so I think in the next five to 10 years, the equipment is going to become ever more complex because the plans and the systems that people are using to treat the various cancers are becoming more complex and so we're taking advantage of new technology to bring that in we have a constant replacement program for the main machines so in 10 years time the whole department will be completely different to as it stands now with the latest technology and as Andy said that'll include artificial intelligence, adapting things as it goes along, but the fundamentals of what we do will remain the same, which will be safety and accuracy to make the best possible outcome for patients. Some of the things you mentioned there about adaptive radiotherapy and surface guided radiotherapy, you can hear a little bit more about in our other podcast series called a future of radiotherapy series, where we go in a bit more detail about that as well. Interesting to know, Ian, that all our machines are replaced every 10 years as a as a sort of rule of thumb. So we're always getting the most up-to-date technology and uh, things in the department, which is always good to good to know. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. 